Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined in studio by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. It's so good to see you. I missed you last week, but you both did an excellent job on the show. Thanks. Thank you. It was the Brit and motherfucking Steimer show. It was real weird. You started out strong. Out the gate, the motherfucking Steimer show. I know. I was was like, I was thrown off. I I was not expecting it. (laughs) You gotta be there, Sammy. You gotta be ready to receive things when I throw them at you. Yes, like your butt. Like my butt. Like last night, we were doing some dancing. It happened. What was, was, you oh, boom, there it is. No, you were dancing yeah. to uh, yeah, Millie Vanilli at that time. Oh. When you were backing it up, it blame was it on the rain. Blame it on oh, the yeah, rain. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were twerking to whoop, there it is. Yes, correct. Which then right. hard smashed into my heart will go on. Yes. Which was the weirdest pivot of all time. <laughs> if you guys are not following us on social media, um, that's where a lot of the photos and the antics were oh, yeah. posted. Um, at Blonde Nerd, at Steimer, at Andrea Renee on Twitter. And uh, I believe we're the same on Instagram, except Steimer is K Steimer, and I'm Andrea Renee underscore. But Brit, get on my level, girls. I, I, I tried. Okay, I was late to the Instagram game. The girl who has at Andrea Renee is like doing nothing with her account. Same. What? The person who yeah. has Steimer does nothing with theirs. I'm like, this is BS. Like, yeah. I can't or a man who has what's good games, not doing anything with it. Yeah, just camping it. Just yeah. sitting on it, just waiting for one it. day. It's a thing. Fine. But welcome to the show, everybody. This is your source for video game commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. Here every week we get together and we talk about video games. And we hope that you like video games and love the show. Um, if you do, you can connect with us on social media, as we were just talking about. On Twitter, we are what's good underscore games. You can find us at facebook.com slash what's good games. And if you, you know, have an extra buck or two or five laying around and you'd like to kick it our way, patreon.com slash what's good games. We have some fun content uh, <laughs> over there for the month of February. If you missed out, we um, talked about our favorite video game romances in the secret segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave you a behind-the-scenes studio tour in the Patreon-exclusive video. And coming up for March, we're working on some some fun stuff as well. And it's, um, I guess it's not too late to get in. You can Hell technically no. get in at any time of That's the month now. That's what she now. said. No. No, you can't because you also get back. Like if you join later, you would get to see the last the backlog. The backlog, yeah. yeah. And the Patreon only streams. Yeah, be our Q and A available to all patrons. It's, it's gonna good, be great. It gets it's real weird. Time. It gets real weird. Yeah, we uh we played Monster Hunter, <laughs> Monster Hunter World in the last stream. Um, and if you missed the clip that Britt posted, uh, go to our Twitter page. Um, some vocals happen, of course. You know, course. vocals, you, vocals singing. used loosely, used loosely. Yeah. yeah. That that makes sense. Um, I do want to let you guys know that this week's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you 
by Ripped Gamers, one of our awesome sponsors. So we've been talking about how this is the time of year when most of us have given up on our New Year's resolutions to get back into shape. You know, we're a couple months in. You know, you, the diet's kind of getting lax, not going to the gym as much as we thought we were going to. And maybe we've resigned, our, resigned ourselves to being unmotivated again until next January. But we're here to tell you it's not too late to get back to your fitness goals, and Ripped Gamers is here to help. Created by personal trainer Tim Ross, Ripped Gamers is more than a fitness program. It's an online community of people who enjoy what you do, video games. The big problem with our hobby that we all love is that it often requires us to be pretty sedentary. But Tim is here to help get you get physically fit without compromising your gaming lifestyle. His goal? To help gamers everywhere get healthy and feel comfortable with their bodies. He's lost over 40 pounds personally, and he's here to tell you that it's very simple if you do it right. Tim is giving away a complete step-by-step training and nutrition program that you can use to begin your fitness journey. You can also join the Ripped Gamers Facebook community for advice, support, or just to meet some gamers who have done or are doing a weight loss journey with you. Now, if you're really serious, he even offers one-on-one entirely online coaching that you can sign up for anywhere in the world. What's kind of crazy, though, is that everything over at Ripped Gamers is completely free. Yes, you heard right, 100% free. The program, the Facebook group, and even the one-on-one coaching. This isn't a gimmick, and no, you don't need to put your email address or your credit card in anywhere to access everything you'd ever need to get lean. Now, Tim really believes in giving for the sake of giving, and that's pretty damn cool. Now, if you want to kickstart your fitness journey and get started working towards your goals, head on over to the Ripped Gamers community at rippedgamers.com. That's R-I-P-P-E-D-G-A-M-E-R-S.com. Download your free program and join the community. Everything you need to lose weight is right at your fingertips and 100% free. And I've been in the Facebook group, as has the other ladies, and it's been a really fun process seeing people join and kind of talking to people and meeting people. And um, every once in a while, I'll pop in there and give some of my own personal fitness tips. So again, the Ripped Gamers Facebook group, if you guys want to head on over there too. So thank you, Tim. Um, ladies, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk this week about something that I feel like we've been talking about ad nauseum. Forever? <laughs> Ooh, what's it? Also, that was very sexy. What was? What was? Ad nauseum. Oh. Ad nauseum. Well, you know what's not Vomiting. sexy? Yeah. Loot boxes. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. So they're back in the news this week. Um, some interesting news coming from the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. They have defended loot boxes to a U.S. senator. They've launched a new label and an education effort. So I've got a little bit of a, a summary here. Was it an education effort? No. I mean, <laughs> technically, yes, parental tools. So um, in case you missed the news earlier this week, video games will soon list on boxes and in online descriptions if they include in-game purchases, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board announced this week. That information will not, however, differentiate what sorts of purchases, such as loot boxes, are included. The news comes after months of gamer anger, vocal discord, and threat of political <laughs> intervention, all centered around the use of loot box microtransactions. The head of the ESRB released a letter defending loot boxes, which he sent to a senator who was calling into question the practice of selling loot boxes, which deliver randomized awards to players through purchase or an earned item box. Sorry. I have... <laughs> I have these... You have Funyun in your throat? Flaming hot Funyuns. 
<laughs> in my mouth right now. Oh, and it's man. funny because like right as I was reading the stuff from Rip Gamers, I was like, I'm totally not eating flaming hot funyuns. Um, <laughs> you better put I those away. Not doing it. I had some Cheetos earlier. Oh, I was just, I'm just gonna leave them right here. Put them next to me, thanks, girl. Make me look like everything. Like the guilty help. water ration. Help me eat them, Brittany. That's Hell a, no. That's a pro tip. My stomach's on fire. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> continue, continuing on. <laughs> ESRB president Patricia Vance says that loot boxes aren't gambling and are more compatible to baseball cards where there is an element of surprise and you always get something. The video game industry is evolving and Girl, innovating. Girl, get that spicy shit away from me. <laughs> Bring them back over here. I'll eat them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Quote, the video game industry is evolving and innovating continually, as is the ESRB rating system, said Patricia Vance in a prepared statement. ESRB's goal is to ensure that parents have the most up-to-date and comprehensive tools at their disposal to help them decide which games are appropriate for their children. With the new in-game purchases, interactive element coming to physical games, parents will know when a game contains offers for players to purchase additional content. Moreover, we will be expanding our efforts to educate parents about the controls currently at their disposal to manage in-game spending before their kids press start end quote mm. so things to note this new label won't specifically detail the sorts of purchases available in a game nor will the addition of this label list as many um or nor will the addition of this label which will be listed as one of many available unrated online interactions have any impact on the game's actual rating now the issue of loot boxes specifically which award as we mentioned randomized prizes is important because lawmakers in several states like hawaii are either seeking laws to control the use of this specific sort of in-game purchase or asking federal regulators to investigate the issue. So it's um, worth noting the ESRB doesn't view the loot box sale as a form of gambling, which we've mentioned on the show several times, but rather as a, quote, fun way to acquire items. There is an, always an element of surprise, but you always get something and there's no way to cash out. Steimer with the double birds for everyone listening. <laughs> I just think it's like so out of touch for them to be like, it's just a fun way to get some content, guys. It's like baseball cards, which I've um, offered up before. It, like it isn't, it's not, right? Like, yeah. It's, and I, I, I kind of pat them on the back for like using that. Like good pivot, guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, someone's got to do the pivot. It's, that like it, it lacks that third party element. Like, yes, if I have, 20 duplicates of baseball cards i can like trade with you or i can sell them to someone else like there's a way for me to get rid of them you can't trade in game items no i know yeah but i'm no, saying oh sorry no, yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. No. that's yeah. why that's why i'm with you steimer yeah so you can't do shit with the things that you <laughs> unless they've built it into where you can like break the them game down where you to can get break credits exactly something some, some games some have games done do that, that. Yeah. yeah and that's okay to me i'm fine with that um but i do hate it when it's just like you got what you got and then also, um, I watched you guys for a little bit today on the Kind of Funny Games Daily and oh, how thanks. you were mentioning, um, wow, my brain just turned off. That was really weird. Yeah, but- it's the Funyuns. <laughs> it was the Funyuns. We were, no, we were, we were mentioning. You were, oh, you were mentioning like how, um, how you'd just gone to Vegas and like seeing the slot oh, yeah. machines and how much it, this, the psychology of like loot boxes and how they really try and hit those brain triggers to make you want to keep purchasing and, Baseball cards don't do that. Like, they have that element of, ooh, surprise and, like, fun, Mm -hmm. but they don't have, like, coin slot things. They don't have fancy lights, like, blinking at you. Blinking and blooping. Yeah. You want a dollar. Lacking the fanfare that loot boxes have, and there is very much, like, a real psychological tie to gambling there. 
100%. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned that after being at DICE last week, um, and seeing how advanced the, the gaming tech is in these slot machines now, like they've gone, some of these machines go so over the top in a really like incredible way. But I mean, you just like, you're so attracted to it and like the, the lights and the graphics and we like are there's all this raccoons. one that was like, things. that was like 10 feet high and the, you sit in the chair and it's like a full, like the, the screen for the, where the graphic goes when you hit the slot button, just like the whole thing animates and the chair rumbles. And oh like, my God. Oh yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, you put $5 in and it's gone in, in like 10 seconds. Oh yeah. You know, and like I get why I the people button. I hit the button. <laughs> it's yeah. really fun though, but I get why people think that loot boxes are gambling because like they like seeing the 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 slot machines so recently, like they look so similar in so many ways. It's a weird hybrid of gambling and baseball cards because like yeah. you do like you would never walk away with nothing. So to that point, it's not like you would yeah. never you would never be like I spent twenty dollars and got zero nothing like literally nothing for it. Um. You may not get the thing you want. You do get a lot of garbage in loot boxes, right. though. Right. I'm not, I'm, you might not get the thing you want, but you'll have something. And if True. they have tied in a nice system where you can break things down and like recycle them, and you're like, all oh, right, this is kind of a little bit, uh, right. it's easing the, bur- wait, easing the blow? Is that, uh, what's, it's what's, softening what's the blow. Softening the blow. I got like, you what's, I'm like, what's the I got you always in forever. <laughs> I think this is, like I said on the show today, it's like a half step in the right direction. Like the whole reason this is a thing that people are raising a stink about is it's like, oh, this isn't, this is, what's the word I'm looking for, Simmer? I got your back. Oh, got shit. Me. Oh, shit. Sorry. Not unlawful. Not, not, this is not good. This is not a good thing. This does not give me the warm and fuzzy, Simmer. <laughs> Wait, I'm so confused. Are you looking for a singular word? I think so. You're looking for a word. This is not kosher? Unethical. Oh. It's I'm, not unethical. That's maybe what I was looking for. Well, I mean, works. it might be. There's, I think there's an argument to be made that some of these loot boxes are unethical. Yes. And so I think slapping a label that covers basically almost every video game now that's been published is, it, it, Sure, like you're educating maybe parents who will be like, oh, this game offers this, that, and the other. Oh, that's interesting, but there's nothing specific in there in loot boxes. I know they were like, oh, parents don't understand what loot boxes are. They just want to know if their child's spending money on a video game. Welcome to 10 years ago. Yes, Timer. When I, when I read that statement of like, parents don't understand things all i could think of was parents just don't understand like i just thought like the fucking song like that's immediately what started playing in my head it just sounds like something out of the 90s right yeah yeah i think it's also you know worth mentioning that like the reason why we don't think that this label is going to do anything is because it covers virtually every game that exists out there today is going to have this label and it's going to end up sort of like um in the state of california for those who don't live here almost every building and or thing in this fucking state has a label on it that says warning this thing has uh, substances in it that are known to cause cancer cancer, clearly everything in the world causes cancer so why am i going to worry about it anymore (laughs) and like you just you just ignore it right at some point like they they put these labels thinking like this was going to help anybody i don't i don't know how you would think that. right but the label becomes so ubiquitous that you just stop start ignoring them right yeah exactly so like that's what's going to happen here is that they're just going to yeah gloss over them this is not going to help parents in any way shape or form make their purchasing decisions which is funny because it's not parents who really like did like this isn't because of parents this is because of people who are like i'm going to what do you call peacock peacock it out and i'm going to make everything a big deal and then parents are like yeah thank you you're saving my child in their video games the problem the thing i want to see are at the very minimum odds posted for what you're going to win and the odds of winning something 
Like, you know, how hard do you have to pray to RN Jesus? How many prayer candles? And then at do that point, I feel like, you know, if you, if you say this is your odds of winning, there's really not much more you can do. People can't accuse you of, I mean, they can accuse you because you can still do douchebaggy things. True. Always. But it would be a lot better. Now, I'm curious to see whether or not this is enough. So, like, the ESRB's whole purpose in life is to basically try to prevent, uh, government regulations. So, I, I'm like, all right, you've, you've made the babiest of baby steps here in hopes that this is enough to like get the, you know, representatives off your back. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to. Like, I think that people are still going to be like, I think this is like a small reprieve, right? They're going to get, they're going to get a little bit of a, br- a break, but they're going to eventually have to address this again. I mean, they did oh, yeah. also release parentaltools.org, which gives parents in-game purchase explanations, parental control guides, and also gives parents educational information about what their consoles are capable of. For example, it shows them, like, if you have an Xbox One, these are all the different parental tools that are available on that system. If you have a Nintendo Switch, this is how you use the parental tools on the Nintendo Switch. So I think that that's also a good step in the right direction. But ultimately, what needs to come down to is parents just need to take responsibility for what their children are playing. They, yeah. The, so, like, gamer parents will have no issues, right? Everyone, they know how to do this. It's Joe Schmo parents. And I've seen, like, I know parents like this. And they don't care. And that's, like, a thing you also have to realize is, like, at some point you can try and educate people until you're blue in the face, but some people really just It's more don't. like it a covering matter. of your ass, right? Oh, it totally These is. tools are here for you. And I didn't know this until I went to the, what's the URL? Parental something? Parentaltools.org. That you can set monthly spending limits. I didn't know you could do that. That seems like such an easy solution. I didn't know you could do that either. Yeah, just go in there and, it, you know, anytime you want to make a purchase through whatever at the stores, it's like, no, sorry. And then you're fine. You're good. And yeah, like, that way you don't have those surprise credit card bills where you're yeah. like, little Jimmy. Had a lot what of have fun. you been doing on the internet? I think that the the money issue is obviously part of the problem, but I think it also is a concern for parents that it's setting up bad habits for kids, oh, particularly totally. like you know like middle age or not middle aged middle school age <laughs> middle age middle school age kids <laughs> going into high school that are starting to learn you know the basics of you know money management and you know what's acceptable and what's not and how to be responsible. Um, it's one of those things that like you don't want kids to develop bad habits and kind of get hooked on these idea of loot boxes and like the kind of like the addiction itch you don't want to start early. Um, I think I agree with you, Britt, you know, when we were talking earlier about how I, it's, it's an easy solution to just put the odds in there. Why is it, why is it such a hard thing? What do you have to hide? Pro- I mean, where are you putting the odds though? Cause if you're putting them on the box, the trouble is that software is malleable and you can change that. At any time. I suggested putting them in the, the EULA agreements or the terms and services. Because mm. for the most part, when you even when you boot up a game that you bought a physical disc for, you generally most games still have like a little thing you have to read at the beginning. See, I think it should go in when you're about to purchase. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. When you're about in to do store. like roll for the thing, there should be like press Y to look at odds. Well, more of like, yeah, something where it's like, okay, I've gone to this store. Here's a box. Like. Or if I'm looking, like, have a way for, I want to look up at this skin. What are my odds of getting this skin? And it's like, one in a million. Good luck, buddy. Nope. You have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than getting this skin. I mean, I think that, you know, that's a fair point. I think putting them in game like that right at the point of sale would be ideal. But 
I'm trying to find the easiest path sure. to compromise. Sure. <laughs> and I have a feeling that the publishers and developers are going to be like, well, we don't want to do that. And you're going to be like, why not? What do you got to hide? Why are you being, yeah. why are you being so icky with your numbers? True. And I still put forward the argument that doesn't matter how obvious the odds are, you could put the odds People right next still to the buy, buy lottery button. tickets. Yeah. I mean, I bought lottery tickets today. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Hey, what? Someone's got to win two hundred million. See, we need a this is exactly studio. why it does not matter. Go ahead and put the odds in the purchase, like right there. It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna buy them. Oh, it's true. It's Someone true. And I win. and I still would buy loot boxes, you know, for games that I I like, you know, for stuff that I want. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like I I know that there is a faction of people out there that want to see loot boxes go away altogether, and. I understand why you feel that way. I also prefer to just buy the cosmetic items I want outright than to play, to, than to gamble for them, to roll yeah. for them. But I do love opening those loot llamas in Fortnite. Oh my <laughs> god, so much fun! You always get like a like a crazy laughter about you when you're ready to whack the llama. I know it's so fun. I don't know why. Dang you it, do epic. know why because That's they the built it specifically to make you want to totally keep doing did, it. Those jerks. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep an eye on this. I think, you know, this is good. I think this is, like I said earlier, like a small reprieve, but this issue clearly isn't going away. Oh, no. No. But, um, hopefully, you know, the ESRB will continue to manage it on its own and we don't have any more senators or other legislators trying to introduce peacocking laws, you know. No laws talking. about video games. Let, just yeah. let us, let us self-regulate. It's the way it's, it's best. It's for the best. We'll bumble through it. We'll be yeah. fine. Indeed. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, a big birthday happened this week for Pokemon. Pokemon. We're not. We already sang Gotta the song last night. We can't do it again. Um, you and me. So Pokemon turned 22 this week. Oh, my God. They, had, they can legally drink. Well, they could technically legally drink last year. I know. But like for reals, reals. For now reals. they're not going to have any eventful birthdays until they turn 30. So they've 25. got about eight 25, years. 25, you can rent a car, Pokemon. I guess that's true. You can technically rent a car when you're in. Yeah, it's, it's just, just more cheaper. Expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. just really expensive. <laughs> um, so they didn't really do a whole lot um, for their birthday this week. <laughs> some some enterprising Pokemon fans were speculating that maybe we would get some kind of an announcement about the next Pokemon game. Alas, it did no, not happen. I didn't expect that, but no. something. You know, some people just like to get hype. Tim Giddies. Um, <laughs> so the Pokemon company managed to find at least a few nice ways to celebrate the franchise's anniversary on February 27th. Um, they they have a free application for Google Home and Amazon Alexa compatible smart devices. Pikachu Talk will give your hardware the voice of the most iconic Pokemon, which probably isn't helpful for anyone who actually uses Alexa and Google to help out. <laughs> uh, you can ask Pikachu questions and it will respond with one of its little squeaks. You guys, um, we are... We're going to try this out for our Patreon exclusive video for the month of March. Yep. So if you want to watch us talk to Pikachu through Alexa... You gotta go to patreon.com slash what's good games. Only requires a dollar, baby. Just one dollar. One dollar. Um, if you gotta never, oh, this is just more talking about Pikachu. Um, for the self, for the intriguing selfie takers, there's a new line of Snapchat lenses that will let you become Bulbasaur, Charmander, Charmander, Charmander. Charmander. Char. I always say that wrong. That's okay. It's and your Squirtle. Thing. These filters will be available on the photo taking app for a limited time starting this week. And we have yet to see the real stars of the show in Snapchat form, but we can offer you this preview of Bulbasaur. And when I say we offer you this preview, there's a photo of Brittany. Bulbasaur. Yeah, and it's really weird, Simon, because... I mean, Andrea, I love you, but you don't know your Pokemon. No, this is true. It's true. This is not not controversial. It asks you to open your mouth. Yeah. 
That's what a lot, of, a lot of Snapchat filters do. But nothing comes out of your mouth. And I oh. mean, Bulbasaur isn't like known for opening its mouth. I mean, it's always like, ha, ah, Well, he asked you to say Bulbasaur. <laughs> and that's like, that's <laughs> fine and cute and all, but I thought that was kind of strange. But like, not like petals. Have you, have you, have you seen the filter? I haven't. Okay, do I'll you have you. Snapchat on your phone? No, I, I, I will show you the picture, Simon. But how did you get it on your face? Andrew Renee. Introduce me to you Snapchat, Snapchat filters Snapchat. today. I have Snapchat. I'm mm. sorry if my funion crunching is too loud in the microphone. So it's like, open your mouth, and it just makes me look kind of happy and somewhat possessed. You don't look like Bulbasaur. No, so you get a... a you just get a leaf halo. A leaf halo, and then you get some sparkles, which I so said is because, you know, Bulbasaur has to absorb the sunlight, so the bulb will grow and he'll turn into Ivysaur. What do the other ones look like? They could that's have done, the only one that's out that's right now. That's the only one that's out oh, right now. They oh, could have oh. done better. And then there's a the Bulbasaur there. in the bottom left corner of the filter. Yeah, like, you should be a plant. Would I, I make, it, would like, I make an attractive like, plant? Is that what you're like, saying? No, I just mean like if you're going to turn you, you into Bulbasaur. No. Nope. Just just it's close. like every Snapchat filter with the skin retouching and the sparkly, slightly bigger eyes. Did you tweet that from the What's Good Games account? I just tweeted it from my personal account. So at Blonde Nerd. Go to at Blonde Nerd. Hit that little media tab. Yeah. You'll be able to find it. The Pikachu one, you'd better have Pikachu ears or they fucked up. <laughs> There is no Pikachu one right oh, now. Oh, shit. No, I know oh, there right won't now, be a like, Pikachu one. <gasps> it's Bulbasaur, Charmander, oh, yeah, and Squirtle. Bulbasaur, Charmander. Charmander. I said Charmander. Charmander. Char, like Charbroil. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll remember that, like Charbroil. Charbroil. Yes. It's gonna Charbroil and Charmander. Well, then they're dumb because Pikachu should have the What about Pikachu the exciting ears? news about the new Pokemon movie? Oh, wait. Uh, yes, the Pokemon movie. Um, um, what exciting news? Is it not in there? You can stream it for like a week now, I think. Oh, yes. The birthday. So the uh, the return of the birthday hat wearing Pikachu in Pokemon Go. Don't forget about that. Which will appear on February 28th through February 28th at 1 p.m. So by the time you're listening to this show, he'll be gone. Uh, <laughs> the Pokemon TV website and Apple also screen the series latest film, Pokemon the movie, I Choose You. So by that's, the time you're listening yeah. to the show, that's probably going to be done as well. That's the one yeah. where he, where Pikachu speaks, Samer. With Ryan Reynolds' voice? No, no, no. no that one's, that's the movie that's not out yet. I always want to be with you. Oh, no. Ew, creepy tiny voice. Mm-hmm. It is creepy tiny voice. Does that, is that the only thing he says, though? We don't know. That was the only time he talked in that clip. Some people argue that it was telepathic. I think it's more... You're like... You know that weird... Granted, most people haven't been in this weird state. Like, you're about to die... You're like, or pass out, and then like you just imagine shit. He's just oh, hallucinating. You think he's just hallucinating. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if there's been an official statement from Nintendo about Pikachu speaking or not. I'm not sure. I don't so, know either. You know, this is a thing. It's gay Pokemon. Love you. We're just all waiting for that Switch. That Switch Give us that thing. Sweet, sweet Switch yes. Pokemon. Oh yeah, sweet, sweet thing. Yeah, I think we'll hear something by E3, if not at E3. At oh, E3 for sure, would be my guess. Those that come out this year. <laughs> Did they say that? I thought they just said. Wait, did they say No, that no, no, thing? sorry. No, it could come out this year is what yeah. I mean. They're, okay. they're saying it also, could come think. out this year. Well, it's like... Yeah, they don't have a major first-party game announcement yet. And they right? have that online service launched in September. blew their load last year. Well, that was, yeah, that was true. <laughs> they have to true. launch with something online in September, I think, to sweeten it. I mean, granted, I think the Nintendo price point for online is super-duper, like, good. $20 a year, like $4 a month. If that's the route you want to go. So, but still, you know, anytime you put money into a thing that's been free, people raise the stink. So if you launch with something like Pokemon, if that would be great. If you require me to have an online service for Pokemon, I'm going to be mad at you. Well, for like trading and battling and all exactly. that. Exactly. I'm not paying you $4 a month so I can trade with someone. Well, no, I didn't use online functionality. But don't you have... But don't you play pay for online right now anyway with like PSN or PlayStation and Xbox? Uh, 
Yeah, but that's like I'm actually playing like in a party with you. Like we're going on the high seas or we're going to shoot someone in the face and like shoot someone in the face. And, Destiny. Yeah, that's how you yeah Destiny. And, um, specifically so, Alien. Okay. So you need the online software. I need like something to do other than like, hey, I want your Bulbasaur. And you're like, here's a Charmander. What if you could do battles together? Co-op right? battles. Right? They have the double battles. Okay. That would that would be okay with me. And that's something I want. I went on a little tangent today on kind of funny that's fine it was you're good. allowed to go on tangents it was fun you can do what you want girl I love pokemon speaking of which if you guys missed brit and i's takeover of kind of funny games daily you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games and check out the episode where brit and i host the show together it was a lot of fun we take your questions we talk about pokemon okay charmander charmander <laughs> good charbroiled charbroiled charmander <laughs> Now you understand why he's named oh that way. Oh my god, the episode <laughs> where he's sad and in the rain and almost dies. Yeah, that's a very sad episode. It's heartbreaking. If the, the flame goes out on his tail, you see, he dies. He dies. And his owner's a douchebag. He left him out there in the rain because he wasn't strong enough. And he was waiting for him to come back. But then he ultimately evolves into Charizard and owner's like, oh my goodness. I feel like this is why I've never gotten into Pokemon because it's just like slave labor. <laughs> Right? They're all I mean, slaves. That's why Ash gets, like, he, Ash actually releases a lot of his Pokemon. Yeah, Ash is the worst Pokemon trainer ever because he never keeps them. He's like, oh, I just called the Super Red Pokemon. I don't know what accent that what was. What the hell was that? <laughs> I was trying to do, like, the raspy voice and it did not come out good. And he's like, I'm going to let you go now. Weird accent. <laughs> and then off Butterfree Goodbye goes. Forever, except off for Butterfree Pikachu. goes to bang his new girlfriend. And then that's that. Butterfree. He lo- he, he's like, Butterfree, free. like, Machop, main I think even he's just like peace out yeah he's like you guys can go live your own life yeah but then you go you're like wait your whole goal in life is to be the very best be the very best it even says in the theme song dumbass get your shit straight all right I love your face right now <laughs> I'm just listening I'm just along for this Pokemon ride that's the look you gave when you're like waiting for the camera to like start rolling it's not a like, vacant smile it's a very pretty smile but I can sense thanks <laughs> There's nothing behind those eyes. Dead in the eyes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next story. Chrono Trigger has released on Steam this week, but it's not the Chrono Trigger you thought it was. So Square Enix sent out a press release saying that they were going to release Chrono Trigger, one of Brit's beloved role-playing games, um, for $14.99 um, on Steam. Available until April 2nd. But what we didn't know is that it was a port of the mobile version of the game. LOL. And it hasn't been received well by longtime fans. So the Windows PC release includes features previously exclusive to the game's Nintendo DS, Android, and iOS releases, as well as new additional updates, which include the Nintendo DS version's pair of bonus dungeons, along with optimized graphics and sound, keyboard and mouse support, and an autosave feature. Um... With the limited edition, buyers will get a medley of music to download as well as PC wallpapers. These bonuses are available at no added cost through the end of the availability window. So, so Britt, what's, uh, what's so, the scoop on this? To be fair, I have never finished Chrono Trigger. I appreciate the game for what it is. I know it's a staple. People love the shit out of it. So I can't like act like I'm a Chrono Trigger like know-it-all connoisseur. <clears throat> yes. But you, this is from you in- could, but somebody, I might, I call you somebody yeah. might call you out. Somebody might call you out. They would call me and I don't want that. So this came from Engadget. They said, we've gotten our hands on the PC iteration, and it does appear to carry over much from the iOS port with poor sound, almost no... <laughs> Sorry. 
dark or TV. She's, she's distracted because a pop-up window has occurred <laughs> during our recording. Let me just very awkwardly go turn it off. <laughs> just keep shining. reading, Bridge. Just okay. keep going. I'll start over. We've gotten our hands on the PC iteration, and it does appear to carry over much from the iOS port with poor sound, almost no graphical options, an odd system font, and the mobile touch interface with minimal accommodations for gamepad and keyboard control. It's why certainly disappointing. Yeah, that's a kind of a bummer. Like, why would you touch controls on a PC? Do you know, know. what you're building it for? Yeah, just strange. It's not very many. Not very many PCs have touch control functionality, right? I know. Only if select, yeah, there's only like models. if it's on the screen. Like, there's tablet. those weird ones that are like tablet hybrid. That's things, what mine is. Yeah. Otherwise, what what? What you doing? Did well, you forget? I, Did you like upload the wrong version? Like, what's going on? Yeah, what I don't understand is why wouldn't you just port the Super Nintendo version? I mean, I don't know. Is that technically is that a hard thing to do? Probably not. I don't know though. I mean, I'm assuming it's easier to do it from mobile to PC. Yeah, but then but, shit like this happens. But it's a garbage way to do it. I mean, if you're gonna port a game that's that old, I mean, why don't do it right? Otherwise, why bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's kind of, it's not the same thing, but I, I can't help but be reminded of the secret of mana. Okay, Andrea, remake slash remaster. What's okay. the goddamn difference? So I, I asked, I asked, um, I asked my husband this, um, John, who works at PlayStation. I was like, cause, you know, they work on a lot of these games. I was like, yeah. what's the, what's the difference? He said, a remaster is using the same art assets, just like putting a fresh coat of paint yeah. on them. A remake is building new assets. So you're so like the art. The art is, is brand new. Yeah. yeah, got it. That makes sense. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why people were so not so upset, but why you see Secret of Mana reviews that are so polarized is when you have a beloved game like this that came. I don't know when Chrono Trigger came out, early '90s. You know, and then you try to do you have to do it justice if you're going to bring it to pc because now it's available for people who never played it before maybe it's easily easily accessible this way and when you botch it like that it hurts our soul you know it's just like come on like it's so good on the super nintendo as is why do you have to try to port something that's not the best version of it don't do that and with secret of mana you know some people felt like it this re remake make did not do it justice and then that's kind of what i think people are feeling with this chrono trigger shenanigans i mean this is why the work that studios like blue point do is so important because so rarely do studios get the remake right and it's when you pick a game that has so much nostalgia um i mean obviously like that's why it's been picked for a remake right because a lot of people remember it and love it and would buy it again um you kind of you kind of got to go listen if we're not going to put the money and the time into doing this the right way what why are we doing this right because a quick cash grab only works if like it's good right <laughs> otherwise you've spent this money you know redoing the game and then no one buys it so and then everyone hates you you get called out it's true you don't want people to hate you trust us no it's, it's bad fun. it's a bad look um that's all we've got for the news this week. We are, of course, recording a little bit early in the week because we're all here. Yeah. Um, so apologies if we missed some big stories that um, break later in the week. But um, we, of course, will try to get to them next week on the show. Um, as a reminder, um, actually, I don't know if we've announced this yet, that IGN's Alana Pierce is going to be a guest on the show next week. We have not announced this yet, but now we have. Ooh. So Ooh. looking forward to that. She is fantastic. I just got to see her um, hosting at Dice. She was doing IGN's red carpet interviews ahead of their live stream. Um, she, of course, hosts the and produces the Daily Fix over there, along with a lot of other things. We're going to talk to her about um, lots of cool stuff that she does, not only for IGN, but 
She also started a brand new podcast with Marty Sliva, um, who which is called Red or Lips, Red Lips Orange, Orange Car, Car, which is about misconnections. <laughs> that's on awesome. Craigslist. Um, so that's something cool to look forward to next week. But for now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. So stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Everybody, this is the second segment of the What's the Game podcast where we talk about our hands-on impressions of the games that we have been playing recently. Um, and surprising no one, Steimer is still stuck in Persona 5. I Girl. mean, I'm just trying, I'm trying to get through it. Like yeah. that's, I'm gonna be, slog. I'm gonna keep doing it till it's done. Are you enjoying yourself though? A little better. So after we talked, I did, I, I literally put the phone, I put the phone in a different room and started playing uh that way and it was better oh my god she's just munching on funyuns but it's in a really awkward way sorry not sorry i mean i uh, you get your munch on girl <laughs> what she said continue um you put your phone in another room so yeah so i put my phone in another room so that i wouldn't be as tempted to look things up um whenever they whenever they came up and oh Best news, I finally maxed out my charm so that I can finally proceed with Makoto. Yeah, girl. Oh my god, it's taken forever and I've, I've just been constantly going to the bathhouse. I'm like, I need charm. <laughs> so how do you get charm from the bathhouse? I don't know, it just gives you points. So you, oh, so there's not an act, I, cause I don't remember. So you just like walk in there and you just like, walk points. in, you pay 200 yen and you get at least two points of charm. Sometimes on a specific day, there's a bonus and you get three. Man, it's just that easy. IRL. I mean, go there, to the there's a lot of things in more Persona that I wish were real. Like, <laughs> I wish that that was an option. I wish that you knew where you stood with people with some weird rank <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, there's, you know. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I'd be like, I think we'd be max ranked by now. Oh, hell yeah. So. It would be good. So you're enjoying it. So, I mean, by how much more, though? Because now you're, like, just kind of winging it, right? You don't I'm have your guide, trying which, to relax more. A lot of people wrote in and said they also face that same struggle, which was surprising to me. I never, you know, it's a weird anxiety thing because you're you're stressing about not being as efficient as you should as you can be, mm-hmm. um, and you can't be that efficient the first playthrough. You just can't, like you just right. You've accepted your fate, is you, what you're saying. Yeah, kind of. So long as, so long as I'm able to romance Makoto in time, which I'm not sure I will be able to, but I really fucking hope so, uh, I'll be okay. Like, that's my, now my main goal in this game is like, I just want Makoto to be my girlfriend. And if I can make that happen, this will be a success. And if I can't, it will be the first romance I have ever failed in a video game. <laughs> Wait, really? You've never failed a romance in a video game before? Never. You know, wow. I don't think I have either. Impressive. Hell yeah way better at video have games. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I tried real hard to get Miranda in Mass Effect 2. Really? She just did not want any of it. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised by this. Wait, uh, but weren't you a femship? Yes. So she just isn't... She's not into girls. She's only into guys. I thought I was... Did I play... I thought I played male Commander Shepard for one of my... I played I played Mass Effect 2 five times. Yeah. No, um, I, I, had a, I had a male playthrough where I romanced Ashley, dumped her... Then banged Miranda. I mean, I probably would have failed some romances if I didn't, you know, abuse the save system. Mm. Mm. How much did you approve of this decision? 
If they yell at me, I just reboot that save up over again. I think technically that's cheating. It's not cheating. It's cheating at the romance. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if in real life Smart you can reboot your like, save. Hold on. Rewind. Dude. I, yes. That's something I, wish. I fucked this up real bad. Let I didn't mean to insult you. Reload. Yeah. I, I did love your guys' shout out to your guys' uh, romance convo from last week's show. Thanks. I know that you said you wish Alexa Ray was here because she would understand. I get it too. I can talk about Bioware romances. Okay. I was like, sorry. Hey, but what about me? <laughs> we also would like to talk to you about the. Have you well, heard the good word about you video out. game romances? Have you heard the good word? <laughs> Yes, I have. Yes. It's wonderful. Um, but I'm glad to know that you are so proficient at your romances and I wish you best of luck in persona. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Is there anything else that you're hoping to accomplish besides, uh, maximizing your charm, which you've now accomplished? Which I've done. I've maximized my charm and I've maximized my proficiency. So I have knowledge, guts, and I forget the fifth one. Do you remember? Knowledge, guts, charm. No, it's been a minute. Um, it's been about a year. The other, the other things. Knowledge? Did I say knowledge? Yeah, you oh, said knowledge. Is, I don't know. Is like prowess one? <laughs> I don't know. Should I try to guess prowess? what the persona like, abilities are? I'm like, okay, so there's charm, knowledge, guts. People listening are like, this one, I'm yelling it out loud. No, I know. It's absolutely. You get on it. Okay, knowledge, guts, proficiency, kindness. Kindness. Of course, that's the one salty Sam forgets about. I mean, <laughs> you're a very kind person. It's true. Don't want to give you like an asshole. Um, and yeah, charm. I'm so yeah. So I'm not max. Uh, everything else is at level four. There's five levels. Got it. So that, but no, that's the only thing I'm. I'm hoping. At, the bad part is, I'm like, well, maybe I could just like. Do another playthrough of this game, and I'm like, no, no, no I will, I will no. stop you. I will be like, there too. are other things you need to play. Stammer. There are so many other things I need to play, but for right now, I'm trying to focus. Because you have the- a game lined up that you want to play after Persona Five. Um, I probably want to go back to Frozen Wilds. I never, I picked, I picked it up, started playing for a little bit, and then put it down. Or no, sorry, Senua was the one I'm going to pick up again. Hellblade, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Frozen. Like I'm backlogged. Ugh. <laughs> aren't we all there's uh-huh. so many games to play um but Brittany continues to put off her playthrough of horizon zero dawn to True. play games like old man's journey <laughs> hey because <laughs> that sounds like a rocking good time i have no idea what this game is Brittany, uh-huh. what is this game okay so again i'm I, in this is why i like having you around i mean there's multiple reasons but you pick the weirdest shit you just i'm always like what is brit playing this week it's something i've never heard of i don't know how you found it I find it because of the Switch. I love my Switch so, so much because something about it, and Simmer, you probably can relate to this because I know you only like to play RPGs on handhelds, right? Correct. Right. Something about my Switch makes me want to pick up these indie titles that I never otherwise would have played. Like um, A Night in the Woods. What was when I played last I would argue if Persona 5 was on a Switch, I would have been done with it already. Damn, girl. Well, that's part of it is you can bring it with you. And so... I juggle many games and I have a travel game. And so my travel game is something I can get on the Switch. So before I flew here to San Francisco, I was like, all right, what game am I going to play this time? And I found one called Old Man's Journey. And this one is developed and published by Broken Rules. It came out May of last year for Android, iOS, PC, and it just came out recently for the Switch. So this do game. Do you play an old man? You do. And this game's only like an hour and a half long. Shocking. 
So you could finish this, like I said, hour and a half to two hours. It's really short. Yeah. I love short games. (laughs) And the game opens and you are an old man and you receive a letter and there's no dialogue, nothing in this game, no speech. No music? There's music. Okay. But nothing. Like the characters don't talk. It's just one character. And it is an old man and he receives a letter and he visibly, visibly looks very upset. He shuffles into his house, grabs a backpack or something that he can travel with. A knapsack? No, it's the thing that rolls it's up a, on your back. Rolls up on your like back. A like, camping like a bag? camping bag, yeah. Something like that, even though he never camps. Um, and a walking stick, and then off he goes. So it's it's a very, very light platformer in the sense that platformer slash puzzle. And you're this old dude, and you like walk like from left to right, and then there's all these hills behind you. And what you have to do is pull the hills down. Like you do. <laughs> like you hold, yeah, yeah, click and drag, and then you make it so the hills are all connecting at some point. And then he can hop to that next hill. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, you and, gotta help his old man feed out. Right. And exactly. And so every time you finish a chapter, I think there's maybe like 10 to 15 of them. They're again, the game, thank you, Andrea. The game takes like an hour and a half. <laughs> Got a little mic rotation happening right now. She's helping my mic. Thanks. This is usually where Steimer sits. So I'm like not accustomed oh, to this. Sorry. It's, no, it's all good. There you go. Thanks, girl. I have to hunch down a little bit. So like I said, the game takes an hour and a half to two hours. So the chapters aren't long. And every time you finish a chapter, you get like a really beautiful piece of art with some like maybe light music or sound effects that depicts a part of this man's life leading up to the finale. Uh, I would recommend playing it. It's, you know, the puzzle isn't hard. It's not difficult. There are a few that like made you scratch my, that made me scratch my beard a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And it is a little emotional. I did shed a few tears on my, my flight here. Did you really? I did. I really did. It could have been the free whiskey I got from my first class upgrade. <laughs> you know what? I was going to try and that play on the plane so this time and then forgot that this iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack. You know how many times that's Florence? It's, yes. I also downloaded Florence. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. It looks really good. The art looks beautiful and it's getting really great ratings. Yeah. So I'm excited to play it, but it's going to have to be when I'm not on a plane. <laughs> Unless I can remember to bring Bluetooth headphones next time. Right. So this game, uh, Florence, is from... um, So if you guys are familiar with Monument Valley, um, the lead of that game made this game Florence, and I believe it was published by, yeah, Annapura Interactive. Um, Looks really great. Um, Supposed to be pretty emotional. Also very short, about an hour. Maybe less than that. I love it. Um, Cross it off my list. I love crossing things off lists. Yeah, I am... I'm going to be the first to admit that I am woefully behind on my gaming resolution for this year. No, it's only February. We're at the end of, it's technically March now. Um, and my goal was to finish two games per month. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've finished anything yet. Hold on. Technically, I finished Assassin's Creed Origins. There you go. <laughs> well, it's hard right now because I forgot. To talk. I was going to say, hold on. I forgot to talk about Kingdom Come Deliverance, but I talked about that on last week's you did. show. I'm still yeah. loving it. Still great. We just need those patches. Warhorse. Yeah, I'm going to wait. After hearing you talk about it at length, um, I think I'm going to wait until some of the patches come out. I'm intrigued by that game, but something that kind of struck me as you guys were talking about it when I was listening to the your kind of description of it, it sounds like they've put a lot of really great detail into the game, but I'm really torn about how I feel about it being a realistic representation of medieval times because... I love the power of being a fantasy character in that era. I don't like the idea of being a powerless female character in that era. 
What if you can be a thief? Because I'm guessing if if it's set in a medieval setting, you have to be like a white knight dude. I mean, right? You are a white dude, yeah, and that's the only option you can play as. Um, The rep for the record is not a problem. It's just not something I'm like attracted to. Right, but what the game does really well is it really does make you feel like you are just powerless, plebe. Like, because you were the son. <laughs> Andrew's like, I don't want to be powerless. I want to, like, shoot I, fireballs. No, literally, literally, I want to mage the shit out of life. Yeah, yeah. so there's obviously oh, none yeah. of that. But obviously, I'm assuming throughout the story, you rise to power. And you, you know, I've already made some steps in my life. In but this rise game. to power in a more political way, because there's, if it's realistic, there ain't no magics. Right? Right. I mean, yeah, like, it, it's definitely no Skyrim or Dragon Age. Like, it's, there's no fireballs raining from the sky, and there's no, you're the Inquisitor. It's like, no, you're, you're a dude the son of a- I just want to lightning out of my hand. The son of a black, yeah, that's not happening. The son of a blacksmith who has lost everything, and because a certain lord owes you a favor and survived the attack on your town, you kind of have a way in. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, I'm very intrigued by it, but how are the politics in it? Does it have a little bit of Games of Throning in it at least? Yes, absolutely. It's, okay. it's a little, yeah. And like I said, I'm not very far in the story because I'm too busy exploring and like upping my stats and doing the whole RPG thing. You're grinding. I'm grinding yeah. and I'm enjoying it. I'm picking flowers every five steps, getting that herbalism up. I was like, what, why would you pick flowers? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're definitely Make are. those potions. Yeah. Um, I haven't really interacted with the characters too high in power yet like the ones that are really going to come into play i think you poison people yes i think yeah 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 you can with the advanced alchemy system that you were describing i I have to imagine i'm hoping that like yeah i think you you may not be able to like set someone on fire maybe your hand with your hand but you can probably you can probably set their insides on fire with poison exactly but the the scenes where the cut scenes are i love them so much because i love that kind of stuff you know and they're all they're super well done the way that people talk and the like cheery music playing in the background i don't know what that music the instrument is that's in every single like medieval renaissance fair ever that you hear no oh like the like I don't know, it's like, like a, a mandolin. Not a, maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but I'm it's not a mandolin. Here. I'm just gonna it call it a mandolin because it's a fun word to say. John would know the answer to this. Probably. It's great. I'm really. Is it like really a guitar thing? It could. Or or like I think that's like a bard plays. Yeah, yeah. lute is probably right. Yeah, 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 yeah. lute. That sounds about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely our politics. You definitely, you know, do fall into place. And I think what's gonna be really interesting because there was a point where I needed to lock pick a thing for a quest. And I had no money. So I had to like scrounge around and like sell like my raw, cause your food deteriorates over time. If you eat it, you'll get poisoned. I had like sell my food and like try to steal stuff from people and like punch people on the road to try to get by. You punched people? Yeah, you gotta get by somehow. Um, I just want to point out, I'm interrupting. I Googled what do bards play? And I, the first website that I went to has our merch in the ads in the bottom. Well, and I'm like yeah, cookies. Your Google and I'm like, you served me well. Ads, you Thanks. know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I just want to put that up. Uh, but yes, they play uh, lute, flutes, bagpipes, fiddles, guitars, drums, and harps. Sounds about there right. You go. So I'm guessing it's the lute. Yeah, lute. Two stringed instrument with a long neck. Yes. Give it a try, Andrea. After the patches come in, give it a shot. Okay, I will. Do for me. Okay, I will. I don't know how convincing that was. <laughs> oh, how convincing was that? Not very. Sorry. No, you know, it's fine. Love you. I appreciate the effort. No, but like, 
I reached out to the developer of this game to say that I was interested and asked for a code and they sent me one and I'm waiting after hearing, you know, that they've had some issues, um, at launch because I don't want another Mass Effect Andromeda thing on my hands. Ooh. Um, and I, I powered through that because I love Mass Effect so much, but I wish I had waited. Um, so I'm going to wait until they, you know, get their ish together and then I'll give it a try because the graphics look great mm-hmm. and I've heard the RPG systems are fun and you spoke very highly of it. So. I'll give it a go, just not right now. Yeah. Wait right for now, the quality of life. Right now I'm playing Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Uh, on the airplane too. Yeah, so Bayonetta recently came out on Switch. Uh, and Bayonetta 2 also available on Switch. And I never played the original Bayonetta. I tried Bayonetta 2 on Wii U back when I was on that on that console. Um and what I've I I was <sighs> I was not anticipating liking it as much as I do because this is really the style of game that I just generally stay away from. But of course, Platinum, who developed this game, is known for their awesome combat, and that's been my favorite part of the game so far. Um, Bayonetta, of course, is one of these few female characters that really has agency over her sexuality, and she's always been kind of like an iconic character for that reason. When you look at, you know, kind of tentpole characters who define, like, how they can represent, you know, like, this kind of, like, lustful sexiness on on screen without it being something that they don't have control over. She is a witch. She's an Umbran witch, and um, the whole backstory about, like, what happened to her and how she's you know, coming back into the world and kind of figuring out and recollecting her memories as she goes has been really fascinating. John sat down and watched me play it for a little bit and he was like so lost because uh, I, I was like, I'm at chapter 10 now. And he was like, what is even happening in this game? And I was like, it's complicated. There's like a lot of text you have to read to catch up. And um, in handheld mode on the Switch, it plays great. I haven't really been a fan of using the touchscreen controls, but I think it's a really interesting idea that you can play this really fast-paced combat with like essentially like swipe uh, really? Mechanics. Interesting. Yeah, so there's like a whole sy- system of mechanics that you can use the touchscreen on the Switch for. So you can like tap and swipe. Uh, I haven't been using that. I've just been using the Switch in handheld mode and I just played it for the first time a couple of nights ago with the Pro Controller. And it definitely is a lot more fun with the Pro Controller, but I didn't have any issues playing it in the handheld uh, mode for Switch. The graphics look great in handheld mode. Don't look so great on like a full size TV. It definitely shows its age, uh, when you see it on like a 65 inch screen. Um, but in handheld mode, it looks, it looks awesome. Um, it's cool to see all of the different items in the game that I can buy that I'm like, I clearly am going to have to go back and play this again. I'm playing it on easy mode right now, which, uh, means it has like automatic, uh, target locking. I tried playing a couple bosses on normal and I just like, I just got my ass. Kicked. I noped. Yeah. I noped right at that one. I tried on normal too. And I played on PS3 and I was like, nope. Yeah. I think I did the same thing. I'd never finished that game, but I'm so bad at those kind of games anyway. Yeah, I can't no, remember the combos. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many combos to, to, to learn, which is, which is fun. You know, I love a combat system that gives you options. It allows you to pick which kind of weapons you prefer to use and then to be able to combo those weapons together. Um, I have, I'm just starting to kind of, get a full grasp on how to use the items in the game and when's a good time to use the items. Um, the, the crafting is a little bit, you know, shallow as far as like what you can do and its impact in the game. Simon, did you ever play the original Bayonetta? Yeah, but only a little bit. 
Yeah. I played so, it for like a few hours and then I don't know what happened because it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. Um, I did really love how they brought in the, um, the Nintendo franchise costumes. I tried out the, uh, Princess Peach costume. Wait, what does that look Ooh. like? It's like really sexy in a way, well, in a way that, what, that's why I'm, I was like, how, what? Because, I think when I think Bandit, I think sex and then like, yeah, peaches. no, it's, yeah, she's not peach, so much. Peach's outfit is a little on the front side, but like, um, <laughs> she's got the Bayonetta's peach costume is really cool. So it's basically now like a really it. short, yeah, you can look it up a really short tutu. She's wearing like a bodysuit underneath. So it's, it's, it looks like she's wearing like pretty like cheeky underwear underneath. She's got this, um, almost like veil like thing coming down with so you got like the stars the mario stars in it and she got she the red high heels like sailor moon yeah it's really cute um and what's fun about it is that when you do some of the witch weave moves ba- a giant oh my bowser God. fist wait which one i just saw, i just saw the, the link, link. <laughs> the link one's the link hilarious one's, the link one's so dumb <laughs> oh my god <laughs> hilarious the samus costume is okay the squat she's doing in the link costume is is yeah it's it's silly um but i like how the the a giant bowser fist comes up during the witch weave moves which is kind of cool but um i only played with it for a little while because it kind of took the seriousness out of it not that bayonetta is a serious game by any stretch of the no, imagination she, she looks good her hair black. is her outfit right yeah. and so like I, when you <laughs> like, do the climax moves like having her in her original costume is so much better than the alternate costumes but they were it was fun for like a level or two sure sure but then I, I switched her back to her original witch outfit so that, it's kind sorry, of cool that costume. yeah i always liked yeah. it when like you would see it kind of like go on and off of her body yeah and then the first time it happened i was like whoa she's naked um so for those of you who have never played bayonetta are are not familiar so she's this umbran witch and she has a power where she essentially uses her hair which makes up her outfit and when she does her super move the the climax of course um she um like puts her arms up in the air and like the hair just flies off of her body and becomes like a demon and so these demons take different shapes like the first one's like a like a dragon that there's like a giant crow Can you imagine yeah. so your good. hair number one is your outfit number two can turn into a motherfucking dragon yeah so good it's, it's i love the neat. music that plays during the climaxes too right yeah like, blah, blah. Not generally like i'm not a fan of of japanese uh games in combat how they have the same music that always plays but the bayonetta music's real good so i'm i'm it's I'm interesting really that you say it. that because obviously persona has like the same few songs on rotation for every battle and it's been 80 hours but i don't i don't mind it i'm still all there for it yeah yeah i i think i don't know if if final fantasy 9 just kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth Mm. because that music just is like maybe the don't get sad i think the problem was is that the random instance battles are just too often turn that shit off i did turn them off but like when i was playing with alex ray she was telling me like that's just the way it was when you played it back in the day totally and like the same with pokemon whatever you're like walking around the grass oh yeah terrible she's like done and the music starts. That yeah. sounded like a turkey or something. I was gobbled. like, what sort of turkeys are happening? I'm not sure there's a turkey in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. Turkey, turkey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I really have been having a good time with it. And I'm about two thirds of the way through the game right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to finish it, f- finishing it and, and checking out, um, Bayonetta 2 on Switch. Oh wow. You're just going to run, like roll right into two. You know, I was yeah. just thinking I might do that too. Cause I tried hopping into Bayonetta 2. I think after, but when did Bayonetta 2 come out? 
Wii on the U. Wii U. So, so I tried playing, yeah. 2013, I'm trying to think what the, let me double check. The yeah. year difference was, but I tried playing Bayonetta 2. I was like, and it was on the Wii U and, you know, Wii U was not 20, September console. 20th, 2014. It's when Bayonetta 2 came out. Okay. I think I might give it another shot. Like here you talk about it. Cause I really did like Bayonetta. It was so crazy and like out there and it was perfect. And it's like that crazy way that only like I feel like a Japanese developer can really pull off super well. Absolutely. Right? Well, Platinum is known for their combat and it really shines in this series. And like I mentioned, the combos are just so fun and you just feel so powerful, especially if you play on easy like I'm doing. Baby, yeah. yes, baby um, no. And like, yep. Yeah. And I listen, I have no shame about it because like I, I knew that I needed to get through this game quickly to get to Bayonetta 2 because there's a lot of other games that are quickly coming down the horizon like what like far cry 5 for example Nino Kuni. Just, it's just in a couple of just a couple of weeks oh, yeah. Nino Kuni 2 yeah. and, and i still need to finish the monster hunter i'm I like need, you know i need shorter games old man's I'm like, journey oh man florence far, far cry is like gonna be a long game yeah it is and it'll be fun Nino Kuni, real long game are you gonna play that yeah because i never played the first one and i always wanted to Hello, you girl. And so I feel like really bad about the fact that I never played the first one. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play the second one. That's awesome. We can talk about it. Yeah. Let me know when you hop into Bayonetta too. If I'd I like will. to play at the same time, that'd be fun. You should too, Simer. Oh, uh, never mind. Your backlog's insane. No, no, oh, it's awesome. your backlog. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> she made a face, you guys. This summer I was like, wait. She thought what? I was insulting her, and I'm like, no, girl, I'm trying to help you out. I know how much stress her backlog is giving you. Yeah, Bayonetta's one that I'm okay with not playing like i liked the game and i do think the combat was really solid when i was playing it but i'm just not like that person that can remember those combos i pick things up and put them down too much you don't really need to remember the combos but baby yes, baby mode. The yeah i mean yeah you the combos there's so many of them like button mashing just will automatically give you combos that's just yep. it I, if there's a couple moves that you want you could remember like a couple combos but there's literally like any combination of punches and kicks will give you a combo do love a good punch and kick yeah it's kick, great punch it's all in the mind if you want to test me i'm sure you'll find harappa the rapper anyone nope all right vacant stairs all around oh, i okay. don't remember all the songs oh, from such Parappa a good song i love that you do though Britt. um oh, so good. but they do have some really fun um special technique moves that you can unlock in the gates of hell because you know she's like you know a witch and summons demons and you go to the gates of hell to talk to this guy um about like your friend joe and he just like gives you some moves he gives you yeah and he gives you like special guns and and stuff like that but there's this one there's always wanted a hell friend yeah i wanted a hell friend is that what you said (laughs) a friend in hell he gives you this one breakdance move where you know Bayonetta's thing is that oh, she's she got like guns on her, her gun feet. feet. Yeah, it's really I remember cool. That I have some of those. You just reminded me. I went to add an IGN. Pa- the very first PAX East was an IGN party giveaway, and I forgot I have a pair. Wait, of you replica. have shoes? No, no, no. It's 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 a it's like a replica of the sh- of the gun on the shoe thing. So is it a gun or a shoe? It's both. It's, it's a, a shoe with the gun. But can you wear the shoe? Hell no. What size are the shoes? Like, are they I full taken... size or are they like miniature? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're you know, like, they like a real person shoes? with small feet could fit their foot oh, in Could there. I fit them? Maybe. Like I'll see if I can five. find them. I'm, wow, well, I'm so I have six and a half. Oh, you have tiny feet. I'll see if I can find them. We might be able to squeeze them in there for a photo. That would though. be yeah. really funny. I, I will accept the pain for a quick photo op. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't generally think about cosplaying often. Oh, 
<gasps> I was like, her outfit would be so much fun to cosplay. Yes. Yeah. It would be really difficult because her, the elaborate things that come off of her arms would be really tough to, to build. And I've actually never seen somebody cosplay in the original Bayonetta costume at a con ever. I'm sure they exist. If I was to Google it, of course, somebody's had to have done it. Yeah. But like, what a fun, what a fun outfit to cosplay in. I remember when the game was first coming out, there were a lot of cosplayers who were doing that and it was freaking yeah. awesome to see. Yeah. So fun. It would be such an elaborate costume now, but yeah, no. I can't even do a stupid one. <laughs> you have your Care Bear onesie. That's the old, that's, yeah, that's my extent of cosplay as a onesie. Hey, you know what? Minimum effort, maximum effort, doesn't matter. Yeah. We're all in this together. It matters a little bit. I, I still feel like the one that I would love to do is easy to do, easy-ish in terms of cosplay world which is raven and she wears like a leotard and a cape <laughs> and i still can't what's up with you and capes together. girl capes, capes are, are fun. amazing no no simon has like a sexual thing nah not Whoa, a sexual what? thing no you like your men with capes i li- i want to wear a cape well that works and too. if he wants to wear a fur cape he can wear a fur cape i ain't gonna kick him out of bed for that is this coming back to colin again yes yes the lion <sighs> the sexy lion i'll oh be my God. see what the thing is i want the sexy feather cape you can have the sexy fur cape. I told you she has a thing for capes. I do love a good Nothing cape. wrong with that. <laughs> I do love a good cape. On that note, we're going to end our second segment of the show. Uh, we are going to take a short break before we come back with a very special third segment. What is it? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to wait and see. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the final segment of the Wednesday Games Podcast for Friday, March. Oh, wow. my God. I gotta pay my rent soon. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it wasn't a due yesterday. I mean, oh, but, that's, you, but we're not record. We No. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Spoilers, everybody. We don't actually record this on Friday because no, then you be wouldn't incredible. be able to listen to it on Friday. Yeah. If, it was, if we were able to record it and cut it and do all that shit and... The show would be over in like a matter of a month. Couldn't take it anymore. Oh, we would all be dead. Yeah. Yeah. We would. Yeah. We need to hire somebody and we don't have, we don't have money to hire anybody right now. Not yet. Soon. Someday. We barely maybe. have money to hire ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ain't that the truth? Listen, we do this for the passion. We do this for oh, you yeah. guys. We do, we do for, for people like Mr. Tom Bach. Hello, Tom Bach. Tell us what you're doing Tom, today. Tom is our What's Good Games Patreon sponsor, producer for this week's segment so um tom has written to us and said hey this was my idea for a a segment and we said that sounds like a cool idea tom let's talk about that so this one he says is a bit of a double angle discussion first is there a specific game or genre that as a gamer you feel like you should love or be right up your alley or that others tell you should be right up your alley, but for some reason it just never clicks for you and maybe even bothers you that you want to like it, but you don't to where you feel compelled to sticking with a specific game for far too long because it feels like a game that you're dying to love or get into or someone has told you that you would love, so you give it far too much of a chance long past where you are enjoying it. But you keep at it and keep at it because you really <laughs> wish you were into it, but you just can't get there. So, hmm. ladies, this is an interesting question, an interesting idea of this, uh, like almost like torture gaming. Like you're like, 
forcing yourself to play something that you don't like. Hey, I've already talked about that a little bit with like with um South Park in particular. Uh, oh, it wasn't yes. torturing me, but I was not necessarily. Uh, it was sort of a weird disconnect where I was like, I, "Am I having fun? Am I having I a good time? Tell. I I'm should not, like this. this right? I should like this thing because I liked the first thing. So yeah, right. Like, why am I not liking this one? Uh, and that was a. Uh, it was a hard decision to put it down and because I because I was really far <laughs> like right. I could probably easily go finish that game but um at some point you just gotta cut your Step losses away. and go yeah you know the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think about a game that I should like but that I don't is Battlefield because mm, um, yeah, I really enjoy shooters yeah I really enjoy first person shooters I love squad based tactical games things that are cooperative and like battlefield multiplayer is very much like that like your roles really make a difference if you're working together um it's got these amazing giant maps lots of fun vehicles to drive the gun game is really great and really well done and for some reason i just can't get into it and i know that there's so many different types of 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 gameplay in across the spectrum of battlefield games that have come out over the last decade or so um and i just for some reason like every time i play every year that a new one comes out you know there's a new one coming out later this year it's going to be playable for the first time at e3 they announced that this week they didn't of course haven't talked about the details of what battlefield is going to be yet but um i just like i pick it up and i play it for a little bit and then i'm just like i just i don't know i just can't i can't stick with it and i don't know if it's because it feels like a little like really deep in the military end and it's a little less fantasy um but i generally enjoy playing call of duty games and doesn't happen to me but something about battlefield just doesn't just doesn't stick with me and i wish it did because i feel like i would really have a good time playing that game i think for me and i've talked about this the whole trees thing uh, games that take place. I love your trees. Thing. I know. Besides Mass Effect, sci-fi, futuristic, like realistic settings, like in Watch Dogs, the city. Um, I just can't. I wish I, because I think I would really enjoy. It. Like I get past like the first like fifteen twenty minutes or so, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be real fun. All these mechanics are awesome. I can spy on people and what they're up to. But then I, it just completely loses me. And I've tried and I've tried. So that's why I'm really, really interested to see how. Um, oh God, what's what's CD Project Red's next game. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, yeah. Because I absolutely love The Witcher. So I'm really curious to see if Cyberpunk will hold my attention because obviously CD Project Red is like more than capable of creating a fantastic experience. Uh, the other one, and I love and respect the hell out of Ubisoft, but I just have a really hard time with Ubisoft titles. And I think it's because of this, the sandbox element, the, the big world Far Cry, uh, Assassin's Creed. I've never finished any of those. Um, they're difficult to finish. And I, th- I think I get distracted. I think I get too, <laughs> I think I get distracted, but there's so much to do, but I know they're fantastic. When I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, I was loving it so, so, so much, but then I got distracted by like something else. Squirrel. Squirrel. Exactly. Something else that was on the list. I don't know what it was, but, um, then that was it. And I haven't hopped back to it since. And Jason's playing it almost every night and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. I'm like, oh, that looks so much fun, but I'm drawn over here to like old man's old man's journey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. uh, Assassin's Creed's a good like, because yeah. I love action games and I love third person action games. And up until Origins, I would play them for a few hours, but like get really turned off and mm-hmm. wouldn't want to play them anymore. And so 
didn't. Because they overdid the collectathon aspect in that franchise in a couple of the more recent installments to the point where like, it's like almost like map fatigue. Like when you open it up, there's just so many little icons that it's overwhelming and gets to the point where you're like, kind of like throw your hands in the air and be like, I can't do this. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. how I felt about, or that's kind of still how I feel about Origins. Like I'm enjoying it and I'm playing it. Um, but anytime I zoom out on that map, it makes me, like, it gives me palpitations. (laughs) Yeah. And, and this is better than it has been. Like, they've really kind of scaled back if, if that's saying something. Unreal. And if we want to talk about third person action games that I loved and never played now, uh, Shadow of War. Mm. I played that game for like two hours. Put it down because we had like it was just the time of year where there were so many things coming out mm-hmm. that I went to something else. Have not gone back. That's a good one for me too. I don't know what it is, but for some reason I'm not just I'm not super compelled to pick it up and try it. And I know I would love it. That's like right up my alley. You're but probably not compelled to pick it up because it becomes incredibly rep- repetitive. And that's what you've said. Yeah, and like I I love the Lord of the Rings franchise, and I love you know what they did with Shadow of Mordor. I 100%ed Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. And then That's crazy only that you haven't like gone back. a few hours of Shadow of War. I do want to check out the new DLC, the the Blade of Galadriel that came out with Atariel, because I thought that she was a really cool character. I um, never even met her. Wait, you didn't get far enough to even meet her nope. in the game? I am at the very beginning of that game. Okay, then you didn't give enough of a chance. It's not that it was just, I was busy, and then now I'm kind of like, meh. I don't know, half shrug. Like, I think if I go back to it, I would enjoy it probably, but I yeah. just, I think what it is is the knowledge that that <laughs> grind is waiting there. Sure. And it makes me like, Meh. Yeah. I would, I had hoped in these months post launch that they would have implemented a way to like skip some of that grind. Yeah. I mean, even like, I know that there's like, obviously microtransactions in the game where you can buy like higher higher powered orcs that you can put into your army that will then help you along the way but like that still doesn't help the grind to like have to like go and get the individual bodyguards and then go after the war chiefs and then go after the guy at the top of the tower and then you have to like count down the towers one by one and then before you move on and it's just like it just gets to a point where like I got exhausted having to constantly do the same activities over and over again. Yeah. And then I got to that map fatigue problem where when I would defeat one guy, then it would be like, oh, this new uh nemesis grudge is available over here, and then this new thing over here is available. And I was just like, I don't I don't want to go do all this rant. It just feels like so much filler. It's There's- so hard to turn that off. I had that in Andromeda. I like ninety eight percent percented that game. I picked up all the things I could do the only reason it wasn't 100 was because not saying i got all the trophies and achievements or whatever the yeah, hell yeah, it no, is, but the percentage uh was because of a glitch but with the a bug with one of the quests but yeah it was it was daunting it was like mm-hmm. you did this okay now you have all these other things to do and it's like sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not a good thing i think now and don't that's what she said to me but like things are just too big like <laughs> and i mean you said don't do it so of course britney's gonna do it. Does it um but because I remember or or my personality has drastically changed. One of these two things. Because I remember before like looking at a map like Witcher's map and being like, Oh my god, I can't wait to yeah. dive into this and like do all the things. I'm so excited, there's so much to explore and run around and do. And then when I look at Shadow of 
wars map i'm like uh and i look at assassin's creed origins map and i'm like uh and i'm sure when i look at far cry 5's map i'm like uh like i like eh, too much too much stop yeah i mean we're all really busy there have been a ton of games that have released that we all really want to get to i don't remember what the witcher 3's release schedule oh god didn't that release right around dragon age origins i mean origins wow inquisition inquisition Inquisition. (laughs) so i remember it was like do i play it released in may of released in the spring oh oh, yeah wasn't there there was was tomb raider inquisition and witcher i think all released relatively may 2015 was the witcher 3 wild hunt Mm -hmm. and there was dlc but Dragon Age Inquisition was November 2014. Okay, so maybe it was the DLC I was thinking of. Either way, the point I was trying to make that is totally invalid now. I was like, maybe there wasn't a lot going on around The Witcher. Or maybe, I don't know. No, there's, I mean, there was, it was just, I was very excited about that world. I was very excited to dive into it. Um, Even, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings person, but I think Shadow of Mordor was a good-sized game. Like, that's Mm. about what I want from a quote-unquote open world uh third person action game it was there was still plenty to do um but it wasn't i wasn't never going to finish it right like it was a reasonable amount of content to right. be like okay i can get through this cool um but then when i just kept looking at like the different maps that were coming through in shadow world like jeez what i I don't have time <laughs> for this. <laughs> like, well, sure. they also added like all of these different orc tribes and these different like game mechanics. And I'm with you. Um, I also like this one pains me to say, but I'm going to admit it to you guys who are listening and watching the show right now. I wanted to like Super Mario Odyssey more than I did. And mm-hmm. I just cannot bring myself to go back to that game. Oh, that's an actually excellent Excellent I, example. I, yeah. I finished the main story and now I'm in like the go do the, all the stuff that's now opened up, you know, like the dark side of the moon stuff and get all the stars and get all the power moons. And I'm just like, no, I have no desire to go back to that. I game. was still, ooh, I like smushed my microphone, microphone into my face. <laughs> and it's, it pains me to say because I love Mario games. And I just, I don't, I, I, I just can't. I'm just like, I have no desire. I'm just like, there's nothing about it that makes me want to go back and it's so weird and do too, it. Granted, I'm not like a huge Mario person, but I find it really charming when I'm playing it and I'm like, oh my God, oh, like the thing that they did there, that was so cool and like clever. And then I put it down. Right. I never think about it. No, again. that's it. Yeah. When you're playing weird. it, it's super fun and you enjoy it. But when you set it down, it's just kind of like, all right, it's going to go in this revolving door of games that maybe I'll pick up again. I would rather go back to Breath of the Wild than go back to Super Mario Odyssey. And that is oh. shocking that I'm that saying that shocking. out loud. Wow. I don't know that I feel that way. I haven't touched Zelda in a very long time. That, yeah, same. What the hell's? I mean, this is this is crazy for me. I have not finished Breath of the Wild yet, and like, hello, I, I'm a big Zelda fan. You haven't Cut, finished it. Cut, You're wearing no. a Zelda You haven't end gamed it yet. I have not. You haven't defeated Ganon. No, Ganon's still running because amok I, out there. I mean, let's go save the listen, world. Like, Hyrule's waiting for you. The story isn't very. Like, it's not like, grabbing me. I know what's going to happen. Mean wild Pigman is going to get defeated. Wild Pigman's going to get defeated. He's going to come back eventually. That's what. So it's not so much the story. Yeah, it's strange. You know, I was thinking about Far Cry 5 coming out and obviously Super Mario Odyssey because Far Cry 5 has co-op. I see myself finishing this game. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be so much more fun and manageable with another person or more people like you ladies. I will play with you. Don't give me shit. Okay, thank you. And with like Super Mario <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey, I feel like if that was co-op, more co-op than what it is, like if someone if could, someone's not just the hat. Just not the hat. I feel like that would also make it more exciting. Absolutely. You yeah. Know? And so uh 
kind of interesting to think about. I hate that we're in a, where I'm in a position where it's like if this game had co-op, I would have played it more. But that's kind of. What but I mean, it is. that's that's where you're at in life. Yeah, that's fine. I have a husband and a dog. I got to keep up. You know, it's true. Um, there is a second part to um to Tom's uh comment here. His uh, his topic that I wanted to bring up, and the second part is um. Is there a genre or a game that traditionally you have disliked or not gotten into or had a truly bad perception of, but after giving it a chance, it completely and utterly surprised you that you could dig it so much? What was that specific game or genre and what may have happened where it caught you totally off guard? Yeah. Peggle and Guitar Hero. Mm. Wait, really? Yeah. I you didn't think you would Peggle's like Peggle? great. No, I mean, I'm not like a puzzle person as you, you really pop my match two, whatever, match three cherry when we played Battle Chef Brigade, whatever it is. Uh, I, I play games to lose myself to do the whole story thing, to learn about new characters, experience, blah, blah, blah. Peggle on the Switch? Not no. yet, but it should oh. be. Should be. Holy. I was just like, wait a minute, I want to play that. I would, re- I would re 100% that game if oh, it yeah. came to Switch. Popcap, if somebody is listening out there, EA, please bring Peggle and Peggle two to Switch. Popcap's still around? Yeah, yeah, I thought they didn't. I mean, I'm thinking of the, no, they're there still supporting layoffs. Plants vs. Zombies Garden, Warf- Garden Warfare 2. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else then, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Piggle completely hooked. I got my family hooked on it. I bought them a PlayStation or an Xbox just so they could play Piggle. So that one really took me, I would say, by the balls. But, you know. I've never been one. For, I mean, I first-person shooters are fine. Um, but I'm not like Andrea where I'm like, yeah, I love this genre. It's amazing. Um... So back in the day when Bioshock came out, um, it had two things going for it that I hated. One, first okay. person shooter. <laughs> two, scary. Like, not horror, but like. Thriller. Yeah. I don't like either of those things really that much, especially like the freaky part. The slicers? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the fact. You got the Big Daddy over there. I know. There. Big da- yeah. Hi, Big Daddy. Uh, when I first started that and the friggin splicer comes at you and like at the bathosphere i was like what am i doing why am i playing this because it's one of the best video games ever made i'm obviously very (laughs) glad that i did but at the time i was like am i gonna be able to do this like i don't i don't like this i'm not in at the time i wasn't enjoying myself and then once you get some powers and then you shoot like shit out of your Crows hands out of I your was, hands I, so I, i'm with you i'm totally with you i the first person shooter part i didn't have a problem with because i like shooters but the scary part like i really had to like push myself to get through that game but how long did it take you to finally kill a big daddy because like you always me, just ran away i will <laughs> no i keep smashing my face against this microphone um because it took me a while to like want to hurt it Wait, really? Yeah. They're so scary in the game, They're though. scary, but There's they little... don't hurt you until you hurt them. Uh, yes and no, but I thought, don't they go after you if you go for if the little sister? If you go for the little sister. Yeah. But if you're just Harvest walking around, like, they don't bother you. Like, if you're just like, what's up? Like, they're fine. Um, At least that's how I remember it. Because it took me a while to be like, okay, I guess I, I got to kill the I thought there were some instances where you, like, are kind of forced into fights with them. Oh, you absolutely are. But I think yeah. the first time... That first Big Daddy, I'm pretty sure it's rather benign until you start the fight with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it took me a very long, it took me like 20 minutes at least, or probably 30 minutes. And I was just like, do I have, do I have to? That game was scary. You? It took me a long time to play that. I picked it up, got past and the then first also, scene, put it down. 
there was that element also of I'm really scared to fight this thing and I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, the splicers as an enemy, if you guys have never played Bioshock, first off, put it on your list to play. It is so fantastic. They did, um, they did a, a, a remastered edition, um, uh, for the current generation of consoles and PC. Uh, the Bioware Definitive Edition, I think it was. I, uh, Bioware Bio- Collection. I think it was uh, Bioshock, sorry. I was like, what? The Bioshock Collection. <laughs> um, um, I had Bioware on the brain. Um, uh-huh. It's really great. You guys should check it out. Um, and it's literally one of the best video games of all time ever ever created. It, the Splicers are these like mutant humans that have like hooks coming out of their arms. They're and they're basically like, like super drug addicts. Weird masks. Yeah. And yeah. they like run at you really erratically and they have these crazy voices and mm-hmm. they're really scary to fight. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different types of them and then you never know when they're going to pop out. And because of the exploration and the level that the incredible level design in that game, like you kind of like, I was always like creeping around corners, yes. like afraid I was going to run into one. I, I turned the volume up so loud so that I could like, hear them from a distance yeah because they always are like singing to them they're like me oh god they're like they're singing to themselves <laughs> that they're, moment when sam realizes around. it's like Jesus so, you, so you know when they're coming they're usually not that quiet right so uh, so if you're paying attention you're listening you can hear them coming but yeah mm-hmm. but it's um I'm, I'm with you on that the game for me that i did not think i would like that I kind of, or the genre, I should say, that I went in, went into kind of kicking and screaming and was like, I'm not going to like this. I'm going to hate this. Was MOBAs. Oh, so yeah. um, I, you know, the league was a big thing, you know, several years ago. Obviously, Dota 2 has been around for a while. There's been several other big MOBAs that have come up and been really successful. And I tried league and I just was having trouble getting into it because like the item system was just a lot to manage. And then when Paragon came around and I was able to try it with the PlayStation four controller, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. And then it was third person. So it wasn't this top down isometric view. Um, see, I like the top down. See, view. And, I, and I didn't, I was just like, I, I couldn't connect with the heroes they are so hard to see. They felt so small, but it, with Paragon, like, you know, you get really close up with your characters. So it felt like you were, could actually see this, these cool special moves that they were doing. Um, and I really gravitated towards that in a way that I was not expecting. I remember the first time I saw that game was at a press event when it was in closed alpha, like before it was even in closed alpha, like just like a, a, a hands-on, like behind closed doors press event in San Francisco. And they showed it to me. And I was like, I went because a friend of mine was working on, on the game. And I was like, fully expecting to not like it i was like i've played i've dabbled very lightly in mobas i'm like level five or seven or something in in league very 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 baby mode Mm -hmm. um didn't really like it and so then i was like i'm gonna check this game out i don't want to but i know the guy making it so i'll go and then i walked away from that demo being like oh my gosh (laughs) i think i think i like mobas now and now of course you, you guys have all heard me talk about paragon ad nauseum on this show you know 500 hours later me being like sad in a corner over here that they're canceling Man, my game um, a circle of life i know and Free I, alpha and t- it's it's crazy i never thought that i would like mobas and i tried smite and i really enjoyed smite as well and um it's a it's a genre that i never thought that i would get into because i while i enjoy online multiplayer experiences i never thought that i would get into a games of service type of game where I'm going back to the same game, playing the same maps and the same characters over and over again. I mean, we do that for a set amount of time in um, 
online first person shooters, right? Like the new Halo comes out, you like get to know the maps and like you play it for a set amount of hours, but then you kind of like, I'm done with you. And then you move on to the next shooter to the next shooter. Yep. But with like MOBAs, like the game is the same. It never changes, but it's not. Because they add new heroes and like the 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 hero matchups well, are different. More, whenever you play against other people, right? The experience it's always is different, different every time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I mean that's why mobas are so popular. And yeah. I just it, it's a genre that I never thought I would get into, and now here I am, like really like in love with it. Looking for like you know, do I have to you know get into Smite now? Do I you know try something else? Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do play to like, scratch that itch? I know you don't like League. No, here's but. the thing, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. <gasps> If Riot Games will please just make a version of League of Legends for console, I will play it. I just my problem is that the PC is out here in the studio. So if I want to come play League with you, I have to come That's out here and I'm fair. terrible at mouse and keyboard. I've told you that my derpy fingers can't stretch derpy over to the fingers. shift of the tab key. I'm like all like gnarl <laughs> hands trying to hit the number buttons and then I hit the wrong button and then I fire my super when I'm not supposed to and it's it's a thing. I know I just gotta practice and then I'll get better. But like if you don't if have the will to feel practice, better. Yeah. When I was, cause when I, I fired it back up a couple weeks ago, um, I definitely accidentally fired my super <laughs> at one point. I was like, shit, wrong button. God Sorry. damn it. I think the Switch has also opened my eyes to all that, that I don't really even need a specific genre as long as it has a good story, like a night in the woods or like what remains of Edith Finch. Like that's not on the Switch, but that's kind of like where it should be an old man's journey. You know, as long as there's a story there, I see that grin on your face, Dimer. As long as there's an interesting story there, I'm kind of learning that I can like almost any genre. It doesn't have to necessarily be like a JRPG or an RPG or action adventure. As long as there's like a good story to draw me in, which is something I've learned about myself in the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Broadening my horizons. Something that I, I noticed looking at the games on the shelf. Um, so a game that I do, that I love now and we've talked about before, but had a, a rough, introduction with was borderlands ah so same i rage quit that game the first time i played it yeah so i remember firing it up i think i got to it late i know i was working at ign at the time i think i probably had assignments to to play other games and so i couldn't play it when everybody else was playing it when i finally got around to playing it everybody else was already done so i started trying to play it solo and i just think those games are boring as shit solo like i just can't do them i no to me, I'm like, Borderlands is a co-op game. End of story. <laughs> and and that was the yeah. only thing that saved it was somebody, I don't remember who, or so sorry, whoever whoever played with whoever me. Whoever Whoever decided to play through Borderlands is not getting their due credit. You're, nope. you're not, but you know in your heart who you are. Please tell me, because <laughs> I don't remember you. Um, <laughs> Amazing. So good. Uh, show yourself. Show yourself, exactly. But yeah, so then somebody played, and then we played co-op, and once we started to play co-op, I I was like, oh, okay, oh. this is starting to click with me now, and I'm enjoying myself. Borderlands is the game that made Jason and I get the side-by-side setup that we have right now, because yeah. the local multiplayer UI is just horrendous. It's so bad. And so uh, from the get-go, I was super turned on by Borderlands. I was like, ah, oh, this looks so much fun, but it was just impossible to play co-op. No, so. it looked like visually, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And like the humor was cool, but I was just so bored playing by myself. Sure. I could see that. My problem with Borderlands was that the um, introductory levels were, unless you're like a really proficient 
shooter like were really challenging until you can get like your first good weapon and so i was struggling with like the first base of bandits that you come across i just Mm -hmm. kept dying over and over again and i couldn't figure out like how to cheese it or like where to take cover or how to get past it and so finally i had to ask my friend at the time um he's still my friend (laughs) um but we had just started working together billy shibley i was like billy can you please help me play this he now works for a PUBG core um and I was like, you just need to come into my game and help me get past this level. And so here I am like level two and he's like level 50. Oh boy. And he drops into my game. And that was what I loved about Borderlands is that they didn't restrict that. They were mm-hmm. like, anybody can drop into anybody's game. And so he would come in and he would just like waste everybody. And I was like, thank you. And I would just like trail around, like <laughs> picking like up all the loot that dropped in after. I was like, he, so he, he helped me cheese through the first couple of levels until I got to like level 10. And then I was like, okay, now I have guns that, you know, can actually do some damage. And I felt better about myself. And once I got, you know, to like level 20 or 30 in that game, that's when it really gets fun. I mean, but like all games that have an RPG element, the beginning is meant to be like yeah. brutally difficult until you kind of get your feet under you. But. But yeah, mm-hmm. when's Borderlands 3 coming out, Gearbox? Oh, Maybe soon, TM. Tell us soon. It's been a minute. I mean, they got to say something at E3, right? Yeah. If not, then that, that sucks. Then that I mean, Gearbox does a lot of packs, but I sleepy. doubt they're going to say anything at PAX no. East. I think they're going to save it for E3. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Man, E3. That's sneaking up. Sneaking up indeed. Yes, it is. We got March, April, May, and then it's E3. Damn. Yeah. Yep. Did you guys buy your tickets yet? Still on sale. Do it, do it, do it. Before they sell out. Let's hang out. It's going to be great. Wow. Is it? No. I I feel like this is going to be great. It's going to be great. No, I I have a moment of silence because I feel like we just did our E3 prediction show, right? We did an E3 prediction show. Didn't we? We did, but we, we did, did it like way back in like the end of May of last year. Right. But, but this she's is, saying she doesn't feel like a it year. It doesn't feel like it's been that long is what I'm getting at. Like, it's hard to believe that. I mean, does it for you? I mean, I mean, no, it doesn't feel that long. You just talk about that. It reminds me that our one year anniversary is coming up and yeah. I need to start working on our blooper reel because I haven't done that yet. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, but, but yeah, we need to plan. I'm like, oh shit, we haven't planned anything for our one year anniversary. I was thinking about that too a couple days it's ago. It's just and the then paper I anniversary. It. It's not as important. Stimer. It's Dad, super important. Look at that salt. Paper. <laughs> the modern, uh, the modern version of paper is, uh, uh, clocks, which is weird. What? What? Yeah. So you know that there's traditional anniversary gifts and then there's like modern anniversary gifts. No, I did not. Oh, that's well, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So there's like the traditional ones that are from like, you know, yeah, a long, paper. long time ago. And then the, they've redone them so that there's more. Modern ones, so that they make so sense. Clocks, you know. So what you're supposed to get them a watch, I guess. But what if you want a watch? Well, why would you follow any of these things, right? People do. They do. That's what I'm saying. But then, why are you asking me why I get them a watch? Because I just think clock is a very specific thing, right? <laughs> paper can be multiple things, right? Yeah. I love you. Here's a stack of paper. Here's no, book. So, book is paper. So the paper anniversary gift that I got for John for our first anniversary is I had a custom printed um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so it's a custom yeah. printed. It looks like a record but it's a piece of paper it's a, and so the and it's the words of the song that we danced to our first dance at our wedding. So the words are printed in okay. like a circle so it looks like a record from a distance. No, my dumb ass was thinking you literally hand someone like a ream of paper. And I'm no, like, no, why? <laughs> like, the paper's like just a guideline for you to be Stationery was a customary thing to give people as, as a paper gift, monogrammed envelopes or 
I know, get it now. That piece makes of art. Yeah, I was, that's yeah. Wonderful. And like, there's the wood anniversary, and so my friend had um like rocking chairs made or something. Like, you can like do so many cool things with them. I had no idea. But then I just I, think clocks. <laughs> it's a clock. Well, I mean, watch, a watch is a good gift, but like, John doesn't wear watches, so well, that's what I'm saying. And so, like, what do you like? Here's a clock for the house. Cuckoo clock. Oh, how annoying would that be? It would be super annoying. Uh, so so annoying. We had one growing up and my mom was super proud of it and she would never shut it off in the middle of the night and I'm such a light sleeper. The tick, tick, tick. Oh, no. The cuckoo uh, that would, would be go in broken. the middle of the night. Oh, hell no. I know, so I'd have to I'll get out of bed off of my bunk bed that I, I never had a brother or sister. I just had a bunk bed for some reason. And I would go down and I'd have to grab the like super heavy like little acorn things that were the weights for it and hold it shut. And I like angrily like looked at that cuckoo bird because it was broken. It would constantly be Why did you ever out. tell your mom to turn it off? That it was bothering your sleep. I did. She forgot sometimes. Yeah. She made an effort. I'd give her like a D for effort though. I love you, mom, but she just didn't think about it. <laughs> my, D for effort. My dad also had one of those clocks, but it was a grandfather clock, so there was no cuckoo, but it did, so the it did ding, like dong the ticking yeah. back and forth. And it was one of those wind up clocks where you actually had to oh. put the key in and wind it. Yeah. And it would slow down and you would know it was time to wind when it started telling the wrong time. And you're like, oh, gotta wind <laughs> the clock like, again. Well, he still I'm has be it late. actually. Mm. yeah clocks man we got off on a crazy tangent here we did it happens we did. we're good at this we're very good at this <laughs> yes indeed um so we're probably gonna wrap up the show now um i want to um give a big thank you again to uh wgg producer tom bach for sending in those uh topics for us to discuss um it's been an interesting one i didn't <laughs> I, I forgot that britney hated games with trees in them <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna live that down. It's a weird thing. I you can't wait for admit. you to Come find on. a game with trees in it that you love. It's not that. Did you not play Ori in the Blind Forest? I did for a little bit, but you didn't like it because it had trees. In it, it had trees, and I hate every game that has trees in to it. To be fair, that first tree. <laughs> How do you like Zelda? Then? It's, it's just a one joke. Giant tree game. It's a joke. It's such a joke. No, so okay. Here, okay, one more time. If you give like scenario A, scenario B, scenario A, a rolling forest of trees and and ponds and whatever. Eh. Scenario B, a castle with a moat and rolling mountains and wildflower patches. There's going to be trees on that mountain. Okay, I can handle a certain amount of trees. I don't want to live my life in a forest. What's the number of trees? Do you have I would say like 90% trees is an issue. Okay. I I mean, I feel like that's like half of Zelda's games. I can't can't argue with you, but it's not... (laughs) <laughs> I can't. No, but what I'm saying is, I'm so confused. There, okay, well, okay, okay, Zelda doesn't have just all trees. It has like snowy atmosphere. It has like the desert. It has like a patch of trees where you go in there, you know, you're going to find like a Korok or like a treasure or something. But it's not you just, just need environmental variety. Okay, wait, my issue is 90% of realistic trees. We're getting more specific. Okay. okay. We're going to learn. We're going to learn what this you like cartoon issue is. Sure. So like Kirby's Dream Forest. I love that. I love that tree. Okay. I'm like, you kill? Yeah, yeah, poor tree, rip in peace. All right, trying to think of a game with what's a game with realistic trees that you just couldn't? That you were just like, I'm done. I hate this tree. It's too (laughs) the book at the bark. It's too good. No, the whole reason. God damn it! The whole reason this came about. Both of you was in Horizon. You guys were like, "Oh, Horizon's so great, and the setting's so beautiful and wonderful." And you were like, "It has trees." I'm like, "There's it. so many trees." That's it's just the one area. Listen, if you're going to give Zelda a pass because it has different areas, you have to give Horizon a pass because the other areas in Horizon are amazing. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Get your ass to the desert. What I'm saying is, no Zelda, I, was, I was immediately attracted <laughs> to Zelda. 
I'm going to kick your ass, Simmer. I was immediately attracted to Zelda because it's like, okay, it's a Zelda game for one. I know what to expect. I know what's coming. But like a new game like Horizon, it's, I'm not saying, I think you're totally right. I just had to get past that opening spot. I to get away from the realistic trees. Okay. Tonight, tonight I'm doing, I know I've said this like three times on the show. Okay. I'm going to boot up Horizon. I'm going to show it to you in HDR on my PS4 Pro tonight. I'm going to show you the other areas and I'm going to inspire you to go home, put down old man's journey. <laughs> The old, man the, the old journey. man the old man finished his journey <laughs> to play this to play this game god okay sure so kingdom come deliverance xenoblade chronicles 2 monster hunter and now horizon zero dawn you sure did this to yourself. you can do it sure also the first stage of monster hunter is one giant tree you're literally in the enchanted forest and i don't like oh it oh my gosh i don't like it so that's did you not like the the thing she was playing so on our Patreon night, actually, stream? You didn't like that I area. I liked that because it was new what? and it was different. It was really purple and pretty. And it's I'm getting I'm burning out on the monster. She's thinking region. about the coral highlands, not not the enchanted forest. Girl, yeah. why are you saying names? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. For reals, though, we're actually going to sign off now. <laughs> um, I want to give a big thank you and and some recognition to the awesome admins in the What's Good Game fan page over on Facebook. We've crossed over a thousand members now, which is fantastic. So round of applause for you guys for managing a great community over there. If you guys have not visited it, it's a really fun group of people. Lots of great discussions happen about video games, people sharing what they're working on. If you ever like need people to play certain games with, um, you can go there and, and chat with the folks. We're, we jump in there uh, pretty regularly. Um, it's a really fun place. And so I just want to give a big thank you to the admins who run the What's Good Games uh, fan page on Facebook. It's what's good games. Facebook.com slash groups slash what's good games. Damn it, Samer. You can also just search what's good games fan page too. Right. And so a note, this is very, this is very important. When you, when you want to join the group, they're going to ask you two questions. What is what's good games and what's your favorite video game? What's your favorite video game? Irrelevant. But what's, what's good games is a relevant question to, what? No, keep going. Okay. It's a very relevant question to answer because if if you're just like, I don't know, we're probably not going to add you because we're trying to keep this Facebook group just a really happy, wholesome, inclusive, positive place. And what happens sometimes is when you have a brand called What's Good Games, people are like, I like good games that are good. And then they try to join your group and then they turn out to be trolls and we don't like that there. So we just want to make sure you know what kind of group you're joining. So just fill that in. Those questions just reminded me of Monty Python. It's like, what is your quest? What? Is your favorite color? And then he's like, blue, wait, no, green. And then he like <laughs> gets knocked off the cliff. <laughs> I've, I haven't seen that movie enough to remember that part. I've seen it. Oh. Don't be me. sad about that, Steimer. This oh, should not be surprising no. to you. It's I, not surprising. <laughs> no, no. So, okay, we'll wrap this up. I promise. So the very first podcast I was on, the Noob Katiris podcast, shout out to old IGN blogs. Uh, they implemented a segment where I had to watch one movie a week. Because I hadn't seen any of those movies. Uh, the Big Lebowski, is that one? Yeah. Oh, that my is, gosh. Yes, that's so classic. So they made me watch <laughs> that. They made me watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Spaceballs. Those are all movies that oh, so I good. had never seen. So, so maybe good. we should implement something like that here at some we point. We might need to. Because they yeah. were like, we can't handle this anymore because the references were just going right over my head. Yeah. You still need to watch Labyrinth, right? Yes. <gasps> What? I thought we did that. No, we didn't do Labyrinth, that. Labyrinth, and then we were talking Coyote Ugly, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we could watch both. Double header. That's well, we got double header, but that's okay. We could we could make it work. Oh, boy. 
Um, all right. For reals now. <laughs> this is your actual goodbye. Uh, thank you so much, you guys, for, for tuning into the show. If you listen to this on podcast and you have yet to rate us on the podcast service that you listen to us on, we would love it if you could take a few minutes out of your day to give us a rate, to give us a review if you're feeling, you know, a little enterprising and you have a couple extra minutes in your day. It would really help us out. Um, and thank you so much for supporting us. And we will be back next week with IGN's Alana Pierce. It's going to be wonderful. Have a great weekend, everybody. Mwah.